Welcome to Classic Comedy of Old Time Radio. I'm your host, Ron Eckelberger. Here is a timely episode of The Life of Riley, given that the United States is still in the throes of a contentious election. Today we get to hear how Chester A. Riley becomes a political kingmaker. This episode is entitled Riley Campaigns, and it is the 216th episode of The Life of Riley. It originally aired on October 22nd, 1948. New. It's amazing. It's Prell. P-R-E-L-L. Procter & Gamble's new radiant cream shampoo in the handy tube. Prell brings you The Life of Riley. Shampoo that removes unsightly dandruff in as little as three minutes, leaves hair more radiantly clean, radiantly lovely, presents The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. The first Tuesday of November approaches, and in almost every American home these days, the principal topic of conversation is politics. In this respect, the Riley home is just like all the others. In fact, right at the moment, Chester Riley is engaged in a verbal tussle with an opponent whose political acumen, sound knowledge, and keen intelligence is more than a match for Riley. He's talking to his 13-year-old son, Junior. Pop, who are you going to vote for for president? Clemson 13, South Carolina 7. Uh, Pop, you are going to vote, aren't you? What? You are going to vote. Well, certainly. Like I always say, it's the duty of every citizen to study the records of the candidates, make up his own mind, and then go to the polls and exercise his constitutional right to vote. That's democracy. And who are you going to vote for, Pop? Who's running? <laughs> Pop, don't you even know who's running? Hmm? Oh, sure, sure, I know. But it's a secret ballot, so I'm not talking. <laughs> I ain't ignorant, you know. There's Dewey and Truman and Wallace and Thurman. Well, who's Thurman? You see, you don't know as much as you think you do. Thurman's that fella down south. He's representing the Dixie Cups. (laughs) Now, let me read in peace, will you, Junior? We had a swell debate in school on politics. The subject was, which candidate offers the most to the voter? That's very interesting. How much are they paying for votes this year? Doesn't mean that, Pop. They don't buy votes. Uh, maybe not, but boy, when I was in politics... Well, you were in politics? Was I? I started when I was still a kid. I was going places. Everybody said I had a good head for politics. Real presidential timber. <laughs> oh, I had a great future. Well, why'd you give it up? Well, I met your mother and I had to choose between marriage and a career. Oh, I... Too bad you didn't stick to it. Oh, you said it. If I'd have stuck to politics, who knows? Today I might be in the White House. And if I was president, believe me, there wouldn't be all this talk about war that you hear today. No, sir. First thing I'd do, I'd throw a real clam bake in the backyard of the White House. I'd invite all the heads of all the foreign countries. Atlee from England, Stalin from Russia, Chiang Kai-shek from China, and from France, whoever happens to be the premier on that particular day. (laughs) I can just see it, Junior. Why we're toasting each other and nibbling on hors d'oeuvres and canapes. Your mother is in the White House kitchen, dishing up the grub. And I guarantee the minute they taste her clam chowder, our troubles are over. 
First thing you know, the French premier is saying, Ooh la la, Monsieur Riley, you must come to the Champs-Elysees and chomp on our crepe Suzette's. <laughs> and Premier Attlee is saying, I say, old bean, next time you're on the continent, why don't you pop into number 10 Downing Street for tea and trumpets? <laughs> and Stalin is saying, Rylishka, wait till you taste my borscht. <laughs> Next thing you know, we're all pals, and we get up a little weekly poker game. So one night, maybe I win the Ukraine from Stalin, and the next night he wins Rhode Island from me. We're all so busy being good friends, we just ain't got time to go to war. That's the kind of a president our country missed out on when I gave up my political career. I'm glad you married Mom. But why did you have to give it up? Well, it's a long story, oh, son. You see, yeah, in here, Peg. I... Oh, Riley, would you please take all the papers and burn them in the incinerator? Oh, yeah, okay, Peg. I'll tell you all about it sometime, son. Well, tell you what, Junior? Oh, about Pop's career in politics. His what? Well, his career. The one he gave up when he married you. Oh, I see. I think I'll go in for politics like Pop did. Well, before you make up your mind, maybe I better give you a few of the highlights of your father's political career. Was it in Brooklyn? Mm Mm-hmm. Happened when your father was courting me. Oh, the poor dear didn't have a job, and my father didn't exactly approve of him. I remember one night back in Brooklyn, we were sitting in my room. Peggy, it sure swell of you to let me come up and sit in your parlor with you like this. Well, I enjoy having you, Chester. Yeah, I sure appreciate it. You know, some fellas being alone with a girl in a house would take advantage of the situation. Take advantage? <laughs> how, Chester? Oh, you don't know how those sheets operate. <laughs> how, Chester? Well, first he makes some crack about the lights being too bright. Oh, <laughs> these lights do glare. Yeah, so that gives him an excuse to turn him down low, like this. Then he says something about the chair being too hard. Well, that chair is very hard. Yeah, so then he moves over to the couch and sits next to the girl, real close. How, Chester? Well, like this. Then the guy cuddles up and puts his arm around the girl. How, Chester? Like this? (sighs) Then he leans over real close to her. How, Chester? Like this. And then he... But don't worry, I ain't the kind of a fellow who takes advantage. (laughs) Where's the light switch? Oh, Chester. Something wrong? Well, I thought you were going to kiss me. Kiss you? Oh, no. Then I'd have to marry you. (laughs) Would that be so terrible? Oh, no. It'd be wonderful, but I ain't working and your salary ain't big enough to support the two of us. (laughs) Oh, Chester, if you could only get a job. Well, I try every day. I I just can't seem to hold one. I I got a job just this morning. You did? Yeah, but I got fired at noon. What happened? Well, I got this job at the zoo in Prospect Park as a keeper. But my boss got sore at me. Why? I let the gorilla escape. Oh. 
Chester, I read about that. Yeah. It's in all the papers. But they haven't found him yet. He's still running around loose. Uh, well, don't worry. They'll find that gorilla. I gave them a description. <laughs> oh, Chester, how could you let him escape? Oh, I didn't let him. He outsmarted me. The gorilla was eating a banana, and he offered me a bite, so... When I stuck my head through the bars of his cage to take it, he grabbed me in a half Nelson and took my keys, locked me in the cage, and beat it. <gasps> you were locked in the gorilla's cage? Yeah. It was four hours before they noticed he was gone. <laughs> well, don't you worry, Chester. You'll get a good job soon. Oh, I hope so, and then maybe your father would like me a little more. I hate having to hide in your closet every time he comes home unexpected. <laughs> Peggy, you're, you're, you're sure he's gone for the evening? I, oh, I don't worry. He's gone to a meeting in his political club. Well, I don't really mind hiding as long as I can be with you. Anyway, the experience will come in handy after we're married to get rid of bill collectors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chester, you're cute. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, you know, Chester, sometimes... Peggy! <gasps> My father... What's he doing? Quick, in the closet. Okay. Peggy, what are you doing home? I thought you were going to a sociable with your girlfriend. Well, I, I changed my mind, Papa. Why did you come back? I forgot my glasses. You remember where I put them? Oh, I, I think they were... Oh, I remember. They were in my vest in the closet here. Oh, but Papa, wait! <laughs> Hello, operator. Get me to Prospect Park Zoo, Quick. Papa, listen! Run for your life! It's the gorilla! <laughs> no, no, Mr. Parker, it ain't the gorilla, it's me, Riley. Riley? I'd rather it was the gorilla. <laughs> Why, Chester, what are you doing home so early? I thought you were going to visit your sweetheart. Well, I did, but old man Barker threw me out. What? And you let him? Yeah. Oh, I'm ashamed of you. What are you, a man or a mouse, you big ape? <laughs> if I could only get a job, Mom, what'll I do? Well, now, let me think. I know just the man who can help you. Who, Mom? Who? Your Uncle Charlie. Yeah? I'd call him up right away. Oh. Hello, operator. Get me Canasi four three six seven, please. Do you think he can help me? Mom? I'm sure of it. Your uncle Charlie has a lot of influence in this town. Hello, Charlie Saloon. Charlie talking. Charlie, this is your sister-in-law Geraldine. Oh, hi, Geraldine. Ain't heard from you in ages. What can I do for you? Charlie, I want you to do me a big favor. I want you to get my boy Chester a job. Well, I don't know. Jobs are pretty scarce these days. I ain't seen the boy in years. Tell me, is he a go-getter? Oh, he's very ambitious. Can he stand hard work? He's strong as an ox. Has the boy got brains? He's strong as an ox. <laughs> I was telling him, Mom. He'll do anything, Charlie. Okay, I'll tell you what. Have him report at Kennedy's headquarters tomorrow. Kennedy? The alderman? Yeah. He's running for re-election. He'll give the kid a job ringing doorbells. Oh, thank you, Charlie. I'll never forget I you. i got to hang up, Charlie. A gorilla just walked into my saloon. Good heavens! A gorilla just walked into his place. Well, maybe he was thirsty. <laughs> well, Chester, what do you think? You're going into politics. Politics? Yes, for Kennedy Alderman. Why, that's just the thing, Mom. Why didn't I think of politics before? Well, I'm a natural for politics. And there's a good future in politics. I'll say, and if I work hard and make a lot of friends, who knows? Someday I might even wind up in the White House. 
Imagine. Chester A. Riley, the first president from Brooklyn. Well, we'll bring you the second act of The Life of Riley in just a moment. There's a radiant air about your hair when you use Prell. Yes, there's a radiant air about your hair when you use Prell, Procter & Gamble's wonderful new radiant cream shampoo in the handy tube. You'll love the way your hair glows with glamorous radiance the very first time you use this amazing cream shampoo. You see, Prell's exclusive radiant cream formula leaves hair more gloriously radiant than any soap shampoo you've ever used. It can't leave a cloud of soap film to dull the natural highlights of your hair. Prell leaves hair softer, sleeker too, more caressable, and so easy to manage. And radiant Prell hair is radiantly clean hair, too, because with Prell, there's no ugly dandruff to mar that look of loveliness. Yes, doctor's examinations have proved that Prell removes embarrassing dandruff in as little as three minutes. So give your hair that radiant air. Buy Prell, the radiant cream shampoo. P-R-E-L-L, Prell shampoo. Buy Prell. And now back to the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. Did Pop get the job with Alderman Kennedy? Oh, yes. They put him on the payroll, thanks to Uncle Charlie. Well, that's what they call uh, patronage. Well, yes. The Alderman was one of Uncle Charlie's patrons. Well, anyway, your father got this job, but I didn't know it at the time. And that night I was at home, and my father came home with some very exciting news. Peggy, congratulate me, child. You're looking at the next alderman from Ward 7. Alderman? You, Papa? I just got the news. The Citizens Reform League wants me to run on an independent ticket. Throw that crook Kennedy out on his ear. Oh, I'm so glad, Papa. And you'll win. I know you'll win. Oh, you bet I will. That burglar may have the machine behind him, but we're building an organization of our own. A grassroots organization. Right now, the committee's interviewing people who want to work with us. Hi, Peggy. Is the old goat to keep? <laughs> Riley, come out of that closet. Mr. Barker, sir. I, I told you to stay away from my daughter. Oh, Papa, please. I won't have her associating with a lazy, good-for-nothing loafer. I ain't a loafer anymore. I got a job. Oh, that's wonderful. Papa, you hear that? Chet, you got a job. Yeah, with pay, too. <laughs> Somebody gave you a job? Yeah. You shake my faith in American free enterprise. What kind of job, Chester? Well, it's an important job with a future. I'm in politics. Politics? You? Yes, sir. Ward 7. Ward 7? Sure. It's about time we had an honest alderman in there. Chester, you joined the organization Yes, sir, just today. Well, Peggy, do you hear that? I told you that committee's on their toes. Shake, Chester. I'm glad you're with us. Have a cigar, my boy. Uh, thanks, Mr. Barker, sir. Oh, come now, Chet. You don't have to be so formal with me. Uh, thanks, Dad. <laughs> oh, Papa, I'm so glad you and Chester are friends. Well, why shouldn't we be? After all, we're on the same side. Have a cigar, Papa. Thanks, Chet. Oh, I hope we win. Why, it's a cinch with the honest candidate we got. Eh, Daddy? <laughs> you said it, son. <laughs> Have a cigar. <laughs> yeah, we'll win in a walk. They tell me the other candidate is the biggest crook in town. 
They don't come any bigger. We're going to clean up City Hall. But you know, we've got to get a slogan that'll rally the voters to our side. Oh, well, we, we got a slogan already. We have? <laughs> My George, what an organization. Yeah, it's a great slogan, too. Honesty, integrity, fair play, vote What for... a slogan. Honesty, integrity, fair play, vote for Barker. Yeah, honesty, integrity, fair play, vote for Kenneth... 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 <laughs> Riley, come out of that closet. <laughs> Please, Mr. Barker. I... Riley, are you working for Kennedy? Yes, sir, but, but I wouldn't have done it if I'd have known you were the crook running against him. What? <laughs> Get out of this house. Peggy. A... Yes, sir, Riley, how could you? But, Peggy. I never a... want to see you again as long as I live. But, Peggy. Well, all right, if that's the way you feel about it, okay with me. And here, take back your school pin. Yeah. Here, take back your cigar. Get out, Riley, before I throw you out. Uh, don't worry, I'm going. But you'll be sorry you treated me like this. Someday I'll be elected president. President? Yeah. The only thing you'll be elected president of is a nut house. All right, but when I am, I'll see to it that you don't get in. <laughs> get to be president this way. Well, I might as well try this place. Uh, good afternoon. I I'm campaigning for Alderman Kennedy. I'm trying to dig up voters. You've come to the right place. <laughs> I'm Digby Odell, the friendly undertaker. Oh, uh, hello, Mr. Odell. I've heard about you, but I never met you. Everybody meets me sooner or later. <laughs> Are you going to vote for Mr. Kennedy? Oh, yes. He did me a good turn once. He used his influence to remove a traffic sign outside my business establishment. I didn't like what it said. Oh? Uh, what did the sign say? Dead end. <laughs> okay, Mr. Odell, I'll put you down for a sure vote. Thanks. You don't seem very enthusiastic, young man. Oh, it ain't that, but I got troubles, Mr. Odell. It's my girl, Peg Barker. Peg Barker? Yeah. Oh, yes, I know the dear little lady. She once applied for a job as my secretary. Uh, we had a fight, and now she ignores me. She don't even know I'm alive. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't hire her. <laughs> I, I can't really blame her. You see, Kennedy is running against Peg's father, old man Barker. Maybe I should stop working for Kennedy. Oh, no, my boy. Then she'll lose all respect for you. Nobody likes a quitter. In our profession, we have a say. When a man gives up, down with him. <laughs> I don't think she'll ever talk to me again. I know so many people like that. But perhaps if you stay on the job, become a success, she'll be running back to you. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I'll show her. I'll work like anything, and I'll get to be rich. And everywhere I go, people will say, There goes Riley. I bet he's put away plenty. That's what they say about me. Excuse <laughs> you. I better be shoveling off.
Quiet, quiet, quiet. Folks, I want to announce that immediately after the next speaker, thanks to the courtesy of yours truly, Alderman Casby Kennedy, beer will be served in the back room absolutely free. How about pretzels? Throw that communist out! <laughs> hey, Joe. Yeah, boys. Is Riley here with the congressman yet? You were supposed to pick him up at the station. No, he ain't here. Oh, yeah, there he is. I see him coming. Okay, I'll introduce him. The crowd's getting restless. I know. Me and the boys had to slug three of them. Yeah. Hey, friends and neighbors, it's my privilege and honor to introduce to you a man who has come all the way from Jersey City to speak here in my behalf. A man who has devoted his whole life to public service and a great American, a great statesman, ex-Congressman Joe Brintle. Yeah, here I am, Alderman. Hi, boy. Hi, boy. What's happening? Brindle's right here, kid. Right here. Good old Charlie. I'm for Charlie. It is my fault. He insisted on stopping in and saying hello to my Uncle Charlie. Hi, Uncle Charlie. Hey! Uncle Charlie. Let him talk. What do we do now? Let me speak, boss. Don't be a fool. Well, I'll make good for you. Honest, this is my big chance. Well, you can't speak. Yes, I can speak. I'll show you. Voters of the Seventh Ward! Come back here! Okay, okay, Riley, I'm on a spot, but this better be good or else. Fellow citizens, I want to take this opportunity to tell you why you should re-elect Casper Kennedy for Alderman. Good, good work, kid. You better. Let me tell you a few facts. You voters are all family men. A good point, Riley. And so is Casper Kennedy. He understands the problems of family men. He ought to. Why, he's been married five times and he has five families. <laughs> and another thing. Alderman Kennedy will save you taxpayers money. That's better, Riley. He knows how to save. For the last five years he's been alderman, his salary was only $40 a week. But I happen to know that out of this salary, he's managed to save $300,000. <laughs> the kind of a man Kennedy is. Riley, get off this platform. So, so when you go to the polls tomorrow, who are you going to vote for? Let's hear you say it again. No, don't say it. Riley, Riley, you, you. Okay, boys, let him have it. That wasn't fair. No, don't hit me. What do you? Are you awake, Mr. Riley? Oh. Where am I? In the General Hospital. They brought you in last night. That was quite a fight you were in. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Nurse. Nurse, what are those big white things hanging up there in front of me? They're your feet. <laughs> we, we had to rig them up on pulleys. They're both fractured. And so are your arms and your collarbone. Oh. I've got a fractured heart, too. I'll never be a success now. My, my girl will never talk to me. Oh, yes, she will, darling. Nurse, I'm delirious. I hear Peggy's voice. It's really me, Chester. Peg, it's really you? What are you doing here? 
I didn't think you'd want to speak to me after Kennedy got elected. Oh, but he didn't. Papa did, thanks to your speech. But I didn't... Oh, that was so clever of you, pretending to be for Kennedy and then exposing him like that and getting everybody to vote for Papa. Oh, you were so clever. But, Peg, I, I was... Oh, oh... Oh, I, I wasn't so clever. Oh, I'm proud of you, Chester. I, I, I'd give you a kiss if you were well enough. Oh, oh I'm, I'm well enough. Uh, just a minute. Nurse, lower my left leg. <laughs> now my right leg. Uh, raise my left arm. Not my right arm. <laughs> Raise my head. <laughs> Higher. Okay, Peggy, I'm all yours. <laughs> oh, oh, Chester. <laughs> that was nothing. Wait till they take the bandages off my lips. <laughs> the Ronnies will be back in just a moment. Friends, is unsightly dandruff one of your hair problems? Then you'll love Prell, Procter & Gamble's amazing new radiant cream shampoo in the handy tube. Yes, Prell is specially made to leave hair both radiantly lovely and radiantly clean. Because Prell removes unsightly dandruff in as little as three minutes. Doctors' examinations proved it. In most cases, even stubborn dandruff was controlled by only two shampoos a week. Yes, Prell leaves hair and scalp feeling really fresh, really clean. And remember, Prell's economical, too. It goes farther than any known shampoo, cream, or liquid because it's more concentrated. Prove it for yourself. Try Prell. P-R-B-L-L Pearl Shampoo Leaves hair radiant, gleaming bright Not a bit of dandruff is in sight Comes in a tube, handy too P-R-E-L-L Pearl Shampoo Well, Junior, that was the beginning and the end of your father's career in politics. Boy, he sure had a rough time of it. <laughs> hey, you burned all the papers, uh... Uh, well, well, oh, yeah, Junior. To get back to what we were talking about, I'm going to tell you all about my political career. I started at the bottom, ringing doorbells. And you know where I wound up? In the hospital. Yeah, I... <laughs> Peg, you told him. Well, I, I'm afraid I did, dear. Everything? Everything. Peg, how could you? Don't you know that as the wife of a politician, you must never tell the truth? <laughs> Folks, this is Riley, alias William Bendix. All of us who are eligible have a sacred duty to ourselves and our children to vote on Election Day, Tuesday, November 2nd. Under our system of government, we have the right to speak our minds... And voting is an opportunity that none of us can afford to miss. It is our way of protecting the most valuable of American heritages, our freedom. Good night.
Lester and Campbell invite you to join us again next week to hear The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. The script is by Reuben Shipp and Alan Lipscott. Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow. Digger O'Dell is John Brown. The Life of Riley is produced by Irving Brecker. And remember, for more radiant hair, free of unsightly dandruff, get the shampoo in the tube. P-R-E-L-L. Prell Shampoo. I hate to wash this dreamy sweater. It's so pretty and soft and woolly. Don't worry. It's safe in snow. Yes, safe in... Wonderful ivory snow. Lovely sweaters can stay lovely longer with ivory snow. Your hands will tell you why. Just wash dishes with ivory snow as millions do. When you see how ivory snow pampers your hands, you'll know it's extra kind of pretty woolens. Ivory Snow Care keeps them fluffy, helps protect washable colors and guard against shrinkage. And remember, Ivory Snow is the only soap, both ivory mild and granulated for efficiency. There's no other soap like it. So keep your lovely sweaters lovely longer with... Wonderful Ivory Snow. Ken Niles reminding you to listen again next Friday when Procter & Gamble brings you a full hour of entertainment. First, Red Skelton, and then The Life of Riley. Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Please send your questions and comments to host at classiccomedyotr.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, in the words of Dr. Joyce Brothers, love comes when you dare to reveal yourself fully, when you dare to be vulnerable.